Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. Then um, I started going to different doctors, you know, trying to find what was going on. And one after the other, it was always the same thing. And what I started finding was that um, the more I shared what was going on with me, and, and how long it was going on with the doctors that actually started working against me. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Can you believe we are on the big number 50? Now, I can't believe they've let me on this many times, but it seems to be going overall pretty well, and who knows, maybe we will be here for 50 more. Now, we have a special interview today. And I don't mean special as in this is some person with millions and millions of followers on YouTube or whatever. In fact, she's an FDN just like so many of the people that hop on this podcast or have hopped on this podcast so far. But the reason I made her the 50th episode special is because of the way she told her story. And I am guilty of this myself. I think a lot of us have been in this space for many years and we've gone through a lot of stuff with our health challenges and we list some of the things that we experienced off, not as if they're no big deal, but there might not be the same emotion in our voices that there would have been if we were describing these issues and experiences we had years and years ago while we were actively dealing with them. But Sally, our guest today, has this amazing ability to bring us back to the midst of her health crisis. And perhaps this was because, you know, she's a relatively new FDN grad. She is someone that is probably not that far along on her healing journey. I mean, she's made incredible strides, but my point is, recently enough, she's been dealing with this stuff to still remember that, wow, these are serious experiences. People go through them, and they really affect people's lives. Now, again, if you asked any of us any of these questions, hey, is this serious stuff? Hey, does it affect people's lives? Of course, we would say yes. But there's a difference between being able to say that and then remembering, wow, this is not a joke. So a little bit about Sally. Her name's Sally Aponte, first of all. That's her full name. She's a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner whose mission is to empower people who suffer from persistent gut symptoms with the right tools and healthy lifestyle choices so they can live a disease-free life and enjoy life to the fullest, even in their senior years. Prior to becoming an FDNP, she worked as a physical therapist assistant for 29 years. Attending to the needs of her chronically ill patients was always a constant reminder that living an unhealthy lifestyle will contribute to disease and disabilities that can result in having a poor quality of life down the line. She believes catching a potential disease at its earliest stages is another important factor for maintaining health and well-being. During her earlier years, she struggled with multiple health problems and was misdiagnosed for nine years before discovering she had celiac disease. I cannot tell you how common this is, unfortunately, especially with autoimmune sufferers. The years of being misdiagnosed came at a price, but it was the application of functional medicine that helped her reach a level of health that was not attainable through traditional medicine. As a result, she developed a passion for healing the body through alternative means. Ooh, that doesn't sound too familiar, does it? This led her to pursue a career as a functional diagnostic nutrition health coach, and she continues to further her education in the field. Sally is a certified FDNP and a licensed physical therapy assistant. Well, we had a great time talking to her, and this is just 
a awesome interview that reminds us there is a human on the other side of these stories. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right. Hey, Sally, thanks so much for being here with us today. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. And I loved reading your bio. I feel like this is actually going to be a um, pretty interesting mix of things. So who knows where this conversation will take <laughs> us today. But I want to just jump right into it and start with the first question that we always ask folks on the FDN, pod, or FDN Thrive podcast. And that is, what does your health story look like? Like, when did symptoms begin for you? Um, what age were you? Because most of us that are in this space and in this work, you know, we do it for personal reasons. Like we have mm -hmm. these personal stories that motivate us. So tell us about when your health journey started. Sure, sure. So um, growing up, I remember that I was not very active. You know, um, I used to be pretty heavy set, and I uh, always had some kind of stomach issue. But, you know, it, I mean, what kid doesn't? So um, I dealt with it. You know, my mother used to give me Pepto-Bismol and we used to go to the doctor. They never really found anything wrong, you know, but I do remember that sometimes when I used to eat, I just, just didn't, didn't feel right. And as I got older, uh, I think more like into my twenties, that's when things started going really south. Um, I started getting all kinds of problems when I was eating, um, felt bloated, felt like uh, the food was just sitting in my stomach. I, I had acne. I had uh, everything that could go wrong went wrong. So I started going to the doctors. And um, I had a lot of procedures done. I had endoscopies, uh, blood tests ran on me and nothing. Then um, I started going to different doctors, you know, trying to find what was going on. And one after the other, it was always the same thing. And what I started finding was that um, the more I shared what was going on with me and, and how long it was going on with the doctors, that actually started working against me. You know, because now I'm, we're going into about four or five years into having these issues that are unresolved. And... Uh, I just began to say to myself, well, you know, I need to not to, uh, explain so much about what's been going on because they just tend to just go by what the other doctor did. So uh, long story short, uh, it took about nine years that I would, of me being misdiagnosed before they actually found what was wrong with me. And what I had was uh, celiac disease. And going back then, you know, uh, celiac is what more known now, but back then they didn't know much about it. So uh, for the most part, all that I was told was just that I had to, you know, eliminate wheat, rye, oats, and bran uh, from my diet, which was uh, much easier said than, than done because <laughs> it's in everything, you know? Um, and, you know, I tried to follow the diet, but, uh, I still didn't feel right. And I continued to go to the doctor, you know, and it got to a point where, you know, they started telling me, you know, that my symptoms maybe were psychosomatic, you know? And, um, I started doing, uh, I think that's when I started looking into alternative ways of healing myself. And, and we're, I'm still in my, my 20-somethings, you know, but I started doing a little bit of things for myself, which tend to, you know, it, it used to help me. Um, and then uh, as I got older, okay, 
I really had a downfall in my uh, in my forties to where I remember, you know, when I was at work, um, I would eat lunch and I was just feeling sick. You know, it was kind of the same thing, symptoms I used to have in my younger years, but more magnified. This time I started getting histamine intolerance. Uh, I remember uh, one of my coworkers uh, sprayed um, something from uh, Bed Bath & Me Beyond, which almost choked me, <laughs> you know, because I, I became intolerant to chemicals and uh, I just couldn't digest. And my it just started going downhill from there. So um, again, I started the whole process going to the doctors. Um, they did blood tests, endoscopy. All the tests came back negative. And um, I just kept getting worse. Now I was down to like almost 110 pounds, which I looked like a skeleton. I had severe acne. Um, and it... I went to a, a naturopathic doctor, um, but that wasn't too much help for me. And I think it was through um, just doing research on the internet that I came across uh, the, that back then I learned about the MTHFR mutations. And that kind of like opened a new door for me. One thing led to the other. I started learning about that. So then I went and I requested to have that uh, test. Or oh, I think I actually had the... Um, 23andMe done. And then I discovered I had, you know, MTR, uh, MTHFR mutation and that many of my symptoms were actually linked to methylation problems. But this was something that the doctors would have never been able to help me with because they just don't go in that direction, you know? Okay. Wow. Well, there's a lot to dive into here. I think the first thing that I want to recognize and address is that because this is such a sad experience that happens to so many people. The fact that you said the longer this went on, it was like the worse it got in terms Absolutely. of the feedback from the doctors. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. Like that's, un that's unacceptable. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, what? It was nine years. And then because of the, you know, the, the misdiagnosis came at a price because, you know, by then, you know, I had the celiac issue, which pretty much my, um, my bill life was pretty much flattened out and, uh, I could barely tolerate liquids, you know? Um, but because of the, the misdiagnosis, I also had other things that went beyond celiac, things that doc, regular doctors don't look into. You know, I, I had developed a leaky gut. So now I wasn't just dealing with celiac. I was dealing with pathogens. I was dealing with um, uh, uh, parasites that, you know, I mean, all kinds of things that, that happened to me as a result of this going for so long without being diagnosed and overlooked and telling me that I... It was all in my head, you know? So Yeah. It is. It's one thing not to know. Um, I would never condemn someone for that. There's plenty of things that I've had people come to me with or FDN Thrive. And I'm like, you know what? Hey, this is just not perfect uh, for us. We don't know. You got to go do something else. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with saying that. But it is ridiculous when, and I, I listen, I never, anyone that listens to this regularly knows that I don't go after Western or functional. I kind of go after both equally, but I will go after Western for this because this is where I hear it almost exclusively. When you don't know something and you change that to, oh, I don't know something. So now it's in your head. 
that's insulting. I mean, exactly. that, and, and it's ridiculous. You exactly. know, that's, we got to move away from that because guess what? At least you're a smart person that's curious and lucky enough to actually go and dive into these topics. What about all the other people who we put doctors and these health professionals on a pedestal? You know, they're obviously highly intelligent. They make more money than most people and we rely on them. Our society right. relies on them. So they are like top tier people. We, we just kind of trust them blindly almost. And then they're sitting there telling you that it's in your head. Yeah, that's not good. No, <laughs> no, no, no. And I remember, um, and I guess it's the way that they're taught in medical school, you know. Yes. Um, unfortunately, you know, that's what it comes down to. But I remember when I got certain tests uh, actually on paper that I can show, you know, things uh, were, were, uh, were wrong with me. I actually went to some of these doctors and I presented this to them. And I remember one of them telling me, oh, well, you know, I'm glad you found, you know, what's going on. I said, that's not why I'm here. The reason I'm here is because you told me, okay, that this was psychosomatic. And, <laughs> you know, I am one person that didn't take uh, what you said um, <clears throat> and just went, you know, went away with that. I actually dug a little deeper, but not, not everyone is going to be like me. And you can do a lot of harm to another person by just telling them that, you know, you could have just told me you don't know. And that would have been more, to, you know, worth more to me than just telling me it's all in my head. So, yeah. Right. And Happy there's nothing wrong with that. We're not all going to know the stuff. If one doctor knew everything, well, we wouldn't have chronic disease, right? Exactly. Yeah. But obviously, <laughs> it doesn't exist yet. So it's totally cool. But yeah. Um, and I love that you did reference the system because that's where that's where I go. No, these doctors are probably great people, just like most professions have mostly great people. There's some bad apples in anything, but most are awesome. Um, but the system that they've been put into is, it is so great for saving lives and keeping people alive. It is terrible for dealing with chronic yeah. health issues. Yeah. Like I've always said that, you know, I will always be grateful to the doctor that did diagnose the um, celiac disease on me. But, you know, it, there was only a up to a certain point that I was able to go um, with traditional medicine in order to heal my body. I had to go from that point, I had to go in a different direction because these are just things that regular doctors don't do. Um, I could actually give you an example of um, sure. something more recently. Okay, one of the things that I was dealing with was uh, H. pylori. Okay, so there's a standard way in traditional medicine to go about dealing with H. pylori. You go, they do the endoscopy, you know, they look in and, and, they, uh, and they do a biopsy, you know, to confirm whether you have it or not. So I, um, and this was the, during the time that I was already doing uh, FTN. I was still a student in FTN. And I was curious just for myself. So I did a GI map test, okay, like two days before I was uh, scheduled to have the endoscopy done. So I did the endoscopy done. I, I had the endoscopy and uh, I think I had a follow-up like a week after. So when I went to the follow-up, the doctor told me everything was clear that I just had gastritis. So a day after uh, my uh, meeting with the doctor, I get my GI map results. The GI map results shows that I have H. pylori. So 
you know, I think that's another thing that gets really misdiagnosed because of the type of diagnostic tools that doctors use in comparison to functional medicine. Um, the age, but you know, it, when I was in that office, there were several people there who I was talking to waiting in, in, in the waiting room and they were all diagnosed with gastritis, you know? So I had to wonder, you know, and this was before I got my gastritis diagnosis. So I have to wonder how many of those people sitting at that office actually had something else other than gastritis, you know? Um, and of course, what they gave me was a, a proton pump inhibitor and, you know, the, the usual the, that, that you get. So, but, and I didn't use it. I went the route of, uh, FDN, which was treating the H. pylori, and I am much better. And, and I think I, I actually may have had that even for years and didn't know it. So I, this is, I never had gastritis, but uh, what you just described was actually very similar to something that I dealt with because you're right. Like a great way to address these things normally is have the client or ourselves self-treat with supplemental protocols because for some bugs like H. pylori, our botanical protocols are more effective than the antibiotics anyway. <laughs> you know, like the antibiotics are not really that great for this type of stuff. Right. And um, I had an endoscopy and colonoscopy. H. pylori did not come up on either. Took a GI map and sure enough, it did. Uh now, these were a few months apart. So I'll always be transparent. In those few months, I was not actively kissing anyone. Um, <laughs> I Like I lived with my friend, you know, but that was about it. And we we're working all the time. We barely interacted. Um, I wasn't seeing family much of that time. Like, thankfully, that was actually probably one of the times in my life where I had the least human interaction. And I say thankfully, because it's really hard to believe, considering that fact, that this H. pylori was not there on the day that I got that endoscopy and had that biopsy taken. I find it hard to believe. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think it goes back to the type of technology that they use, because in um, with the GI map, they they use uh, DNA sequencing, yes. whereas, you know, the uh, regular um, doctors, I believe what they use is, you know, just trying to see things in a peri dish. And another thing that I was dealing with a lot was um, because I had all these things going on with the leaky gut and everything, I was having uh, recurring UTIs. And um, I had a special test done for that. But what had happened was that the bacteria from my stomach escaped and went to all, all other parts of my body, you know, because the same bacteria that I had in my urine are the ones that reside in the GI tract. And again, the doctors, okay, I had all the UTI symptoms, but every time I went to the doctor and they did the, the uh, urine test, it came back negative. And the reason why is because they're using a peri dish and in, you can't grow, especially when you're dealing with bacteria that's in a... Um, in, protected in biofilm. You know, you can't grow bacteria in a peri dish that's protected in biofilm. So again, that, that's another example. All the uh, results came back negative going to a regular doctor, but doing special uh, functional testing, it showed all the bacteria is present. So. All right. Nice. I love how, uh, I love where this is going already. This is fun. Um, I want to rewind for one second because this is a really, to me, it's one of the most important questions um, I think we talk about every time we're doing this podcast. And 
what it is, is that, you know, you were stuck in the system. Um, we always talk about this here. Cycle of trial and error. You've heard Reed Davis say that a million times. Right. Like you're, you're trying these different things. It's not working. And in fact, the longer it went on, the worse it's getting because now these professionals in general are taking it less and less serious. How do you get to the point where you are now willing to go and you said you went to a naturopathic doctor. How does that happen? Because like for me, I didn't even know this stuff existed. I had to dive into this. I didn't know what a naturopathic doctor was. No one in my family did. I mean, did you just, were you searching things online? Did you have a background in this? Did your family know? Like, what is the point where you say, I'm going to stop just going to the conventional stuff and try something alternative? Um, that's a great question. And I actually do remember that turning point. Um, I was so fed up. And going to the doctors and, you know, getting either, you know, the same diagnosis over and over or the same uh, medications that weren't doing anything for me or the worst case scenario is all in your head. So, you know, I said to myself, you know, if I'm ever going to get better, I think it's going to have to take me taking my health into my own hands because they were not, they, they were just not helping me. So, um, and that was actually kind of challenging because at the time I didn't know anything about the health industry, about naturopathic and things like that. And I remember when I was younger, I, um, I had picked up a book that was a self-diagnostic book and I used to take it with me everywhere I went, but I barely understood that book because it was so uh, technical in, in medical terms. And that's actually one of the reasons why uh, when I went into college, I actually entered the physical therapy program because one of the curriculums was to learn the medical terminology. So that actually, you know, I was interested in the program, but I really wanted to learn, you know, the medical terminology in order to understand certain things. and. Once I was able to do that, then I was able to do searching on the internet and learn, you know, and understand what I was searching for. And one thing led me to another. And I remember um, that I had actually uh, put something, the keywords I used was alternative ways to deal with this, alternative ways to deal with that. And I think that was the magic word, the, the alternatives, because it led me now to, you know, a new way of dealing with things that was not your regular traditional medicine. So I follow, you know, where it took me and it took me to um, natural medicine, uh, herbs, you know, what, what, what effects herbs has. And I was just really interested in it. So I, so I continued to study it. And, um, and I remember uh, going to one naturopathic doctor, uh, but I was, uh, I remember I was not, um, what's the word? I was not uh, satisfied because uh, one of the things that happened was I was already doing many things for myself and I provided them this information. And then when I came back home, they were supposed to send me a list of what to do. It was the same protocol that I had for myself. The only difference was that it had just, you know, how many, uh, the, the dosages were different, you know? So that was really upsetting because I don't mind investing uh, money in, in my health, you know, but I want to get the value from it. So I think that's kind of where 
FTN kind of came in the picture because I um, I was doing a lot of research and, and a friend of mine actually uh, was looking uh, for something and she sent me the link to FTN. And she's like, Sal, you know, I think this would be really good for you. I mean, you're already doing it and you're always helping other people. And I remember actually going back and forth with FTN. I had I had the link saved and all the information in the folder. Um, it looked interesting, but I guess because of the experience that I had, I was skeptical. So I kept going back to it uh, like for almost like two months. And, and then I finally just, I said, I'm going to do it. And I think it's the best decision I ever made because it actually put me in the driver's seat where I it gave me the ability to look beyond what I was able to do just, you know, searching on the internet and things like that. So I think that was a big changer in my health. This, for those listening later, uh, is both a video and audio podcast. And Sally, the reason I'm saying that is because I just... I love how raw and real you are. You know, I mean, it's so clear that this was a very emotional experience, uh, you know, and it is for all of us. It, it's very hard to describe, um, especially sometimes I, I actually don't think I do a good job as like a younger male, like really expressing to people, be, especially when they meet me now because I'm doing well. I'm mm -hmm. like, no, most of my life kind of sucked, you, you know, with these chronic health issues. And, and that's what happens to a lot of other people. Um, and I, I watched that with my mom and even if I don't know you or other FDNs, like, and I don't know you in the sense of like knowing your personal lives, I just, it's like I automatically pick up the pain that was experienced when you're describing these stories because yeah, people listen to this podcast now and we hear these wonderful things of, oh yeah, I dealt with some health issues and now everything's better. What, what you don't see is the arguments in the families or struggling in finances because you can barely get to work, or wondering is there a point to this life sometimes even because I feel like crap every single day. That's the right. stuff you don't see. Right. Um, and so I appreciate you just coming on here and being so real and so raw um, with us. I, I think it's a unpleasant but needed reminder that, that this is real. Um, and there's a reason that we're out here doing this and pushing every day. And I just appreciate so much uh, people like you coming on and sharing your story because it's one thing when you hear one FDN. I mean, we're almost at episode 50 at this point. Uh, this might be episode 50 that's released mm -hmm. by the time it's released. And you can't really argue all these people that are coming on consistently with the craziest of health challenges. They've dealt with this stuff for years mm -hmm. and they go through the FDN system and it works. Now, could you imagine... If you found FDN at 20 something years old, I mean, oh, how much better would it have worked then? You know, I you wonder. Wish, I wish that I did. And I, or, or either that or that I had uh, someone to guide me because I went through a lot of bumps along the road, you know. Um, and one of the things, too, is that, you know, even when I was doing searching and I didn't understand too many things at the, uh, in the beginning. It's easy to read a lot of things out there and you think that's you, you know, and it may not be, you know, that, because there's a lot of awful uh, things that, you know, seem they kind of, you know, kind of like the same symptoms you're having. So one of the things that I also struggled with, you know, um, in getting to where I am now is that many times I pretty much scared myself with all the information that was out there. I didn't know how to sort all that. I didn't know what I applied to me. I didn't know what didn't apply to me. 
you know, and, and uh, <clears throat> there was times when it was very confusing, all this information. So I wish, like you said, yeah, you know, it would have been amazing to have somebody that could have helped me sort all that out. And I probably wouldn't have suffered the, the, um, the many years that I did, you know, trying to get my health back. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said that any better. Um, there is a reason that I always, I, I make a joke, but it's not a joke at all. Um, I tell the FDNs that I'm talking to because I have the privilege of being able to talk to so many of you guys, obviously, mm -hmm. doing the work that I'm doing in the company. I have never met the FDN that I didn't like, despite all these different personalities. Like, mm -hmm. you think if you, if you talk to 100 people, of course, there's going to be some people you don't like and some don't like you. That's not a bad thing. That's just mm -hmm. called life. Right. But I just don't have that here because right. there is such a, a fire and passion and a unification through our stories and experiences that comes out in each FDN where I'm just like, like I'm rooting for you when you're talking about this. Like I love hearing this and, um, you know, and then we'll talk about now kind of how you were able to come out on the other side of this. So you explained how you found FDN. Uh, first of all, when did you go through the course and when did you graduate? Uh, September. Uh, of this year that passed. Mm -hmm. Okay, 2020. Wow. All right. Yeah. So when you're going through the course, now for those that don't know, um, when you go through the FDN course as practitioners, we are required to run certain lab tests on ourselves. We're very big on walking the walk. Um, mm -hmm. So for any of you that come to FDN Thrive, you know that we require certain labs. Well, we do that across the board. That's how mm -hmm. it works. You got to do the system if you want to get these results. Right. Um, so Sally, for you, what were some of the things that you found on these labs? And I know we could probably list a lot of stuff. So maybe what are one or two really big things um, that you found on the labs? Well, <clears throat> one of the things was that my hormones were out of whack, which would explain why many times I would just lay in the bed. And even though I was trying to get some sleep, my mind was just racing, you know, <laughs> it's like all, all the things in fast motion happen in the day. And, and sometimes even though I wanted to quiet it down, it just didn't. Um, and having the hormone test, uh, the, um, Oh, back then we had a different test, but you know, the, the hormone test really helped to identify many things uh, or answer many things of why I was feeling how I did. And then the big one, I think also for me was the GI map test, because that one really showed uh, a lot. Mine lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> you know, I had so many bacterias in my stomach, the H. pylori and all these things. And I think I had that for a really long time and I didn't know it. And, you know, and, and all this time, all these years, it's just being treated as an extension of celiac. And, you know, and that's another thing that I found, too, that many times when you have a, a particular diagnose and you come you go to a doctor and you say, look, I'm feeling this and that, this or that. It's auto, you're automatically put in that box, you know, oh, it's celiac or celiac related, you know, like they fail to try to look beyond the diagnose that they gave you. Um, so I believe that I probably had all these issues going on and all of this time it was just being treated as an extension or it's a celiac symptom. And it probably wasn't. And I know it wasn't. As a matter of fact, I could tell you that because how I feel today is very different than how I felt when I was younger. In fact, I feel 
the level of health that I feel now, I never had when I was younger. And it should be the other way around, right? If you you have youth, you feel better, right? No, I'm I when I was younger, I, I felt horrible, you know? So for the first time I'm actually getting to feel what healthy really feels like. Yeah, yeah. And that is such a common theme with FDNs, right? There, I'm not going to say the name, although she posted it publicly, so I, I think it's okay. But um, there's a woman at FDN that she posted her pictures of her at like 19 versus 40. I mean, she looks, it's not like a little bit. It is dramatically better at 40. And she looks fantastic for that age, um, you know, just in general. But she literally looks better than her 19-year-old self. And so it, it does. It just it begs these questions of like, how good were we supposed to feel at exactly. 5, 10, 20 years old if we were doing the right things? Um, the human body, we survived a lot of stuff, you know, through our tribal days. I mean, we, we, we're we resilient. We are resilient. You know, we got here for a reason. And so we are supposed to feel good. I don't believe human beings are just walking around suffering. Uh, that's how it's supposed to be. I, I don't I, believe it for a second. I think that we, again, it comes back to just the way things uh, are, you know, in the in the medical industry, you're kind of taught that you're supposed to feel certain things just because you're a certain age, you know, or if you have a bone pain or, and you're 30s or 20, or not 30s, maybe like 40s, oh, it's probably arthritis and that's supposed to be normal. It's not normal, you know, um, it just isn't, you know. And sadly, so many people are under that impression or they're taking pills and which is actually making other things worse, unfortunately. All right. Now, when you graduated the course, um, I, I believe I'm correct in this. You started your own practice, right? Like you're looking to help other people with this work or is that incorrect? Yes. No, no, that is awesome. correct. That's something that I'm working towards, you know, putting things in, in place still. But yeah, definitely. Um and prior to that, I don't even know if you're still doing this. I knew in your bio, it said 29 years as a physical um, therapy assistant. Is that something that you still actively do? Um, it's something that well, late, recently I haven't because of the whole COVID thing. And I sure. actually wanted to invest all of my time in the FDN um, because I saw the value of it. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> I loved what I do as a physical therapist assistant. And it really opened my eyes to see how much um, uh, the things that we do when we're younger, you know, how much it really impacts your life as you get older, you know. That's one of the things that, you know, it was a, always a constant reminder of, of what I saw. So, you know, in some ways, I'm kind of saying to myself, you know, well, maybe I could catch people before they actually get there, you know, to change their life because you can have one of two ways, you know, you can either be, that 70 or 80 year old who's happy go lucky is traveling and doing all these things. Or you could be the other, uh, which is trapped in a diseased body, you know, and it all, it all has to do with what you do now, how you take care of your body now will determine how it's going to take care of you when you get older. Right. And people, Especially, I'm 25. So a lot of friends, I mean, they very much respect what I do. At this point, thankfully, I've been doing it long enough and I've gotten results. I mean, no one thinks it's stupid, that's for sure. But, you know, they they still question sometimes. They're like, dude, I mean, at, at what point do you stop doing this? Like, why do you care so much we're all going to die one day? And I'm like, I understand that. But when you actually study people 
and people that are living long lives. Mm-hmm. There is a, like it, you just said it so well, there is such a big difference between being 60 or 70 and you're a few years away from death versus 60 or 70. And you can still run and do pull-ups right. and go do resistance training and hike. Um, you know, she's not even necessarily into health. So it's kind of a bad example, but I just mean what's possible when the body is still healthy. Mm-hmm. I have a, she's not like a real grandmother. She's, you know, an uncle married into mm-hmm. an aunt. My aunt's related by blood. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His mom. Mm-hmm. And she is in her mid seventies and she is leaving for Peru soon to hike wow. by herself. Her husband passed away and mm-hmm. then she's going on safari um, in the spring and stuff. She did Machu Picchu in the last few years. Like wow. this is a woman that is exploring the world, living life, doing crazy hikes yeah no i i know i'm not gonna live forever my friend but i want to be able to live while i'm here (laughs) absolutely and that's the person that i want to be i'm right now i'm 50 58 and you know i um you know i just seen the the two sides of it you know and i want to be on that side you know like being able to get get around and and do the things that I want, you know, of course, we're all going to die. But, you know, until I get to that point, you know, I want to be as healthy as I can. The worst thing is to be trapped in a diseased body. And you have 20 years of that to look forward to, you know, and you can't do anything about it, but just you're there in suffering. So, you know, I think that's one of the things that I really saw a lot doing physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the things that was always in the back of my head, you know, and health, you know, working on your health is a lifetime because of the kind the world that we live in. You know, it's not yes. something you just do now and, you know, you put it on the shelf. It has to be a way of life. I um I love physical therapists and I I've talked about that before on the show because I think physical therapists just almost inherently are more natural minded. You know, a physical therapist will try to rehabilitate you before they choose surgery or something, you know, which I I think is amazing. I'm I've abused the heck out of my insurance to go to physical therapists uh, more frequently than I probably deserved. So maybe I shouldn't say that on air, but oh well. Um, <laughs> you know, but. I just, I love them. Like they're, they're definitely open to these types of things in general. Um, extremely helpful interview physical therapists, um, like actual PTs on this show. So it's cool to have, um, you know, yet another perspective in the physical therapy world. And I think, you know, it is, it's gotta be interesting. Yeah. Seeing all types of people, because everyone for the most part is going to need physical therapy at one point or another. I found mm-hmm. it. Like, I feel like most people I know have went at one point in their life. All right, now in this part, Sally and I got cut off just a little bit, but we hopped right back into it, so this shouldn't affect the story too much. Here we go. All right, I'm going to, just in case that this is in the edit, we got a little cut off, but we're back, so I'm going to go back to that point of physical therapy, and I was saying before, I love physical therapists. Um, I always abuse the heck out of my insurance every single year because I just, I get... Uh, copay free PTs for some reason on my insurance. Okay. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, <laughs> <laughs> they always go and uh, they fix me up real nice. And one of the things that I realized when I, I broke my foot about four years ago, mm-hmm. and I've never really been able to run normally since, but thankfully, like I can hike, I can bike, I can do all that stuff. But I had this point where I was very sedentary because of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. For the longest time, I had been so active my whole life, always in uh, sports. I wasn't very good at sports, but I played them at least. And I just couldn't imagine how people stopped doing this stuff. 
And then, you know what? As I got more sedentary with the foot and I, that became my normal life and a habit, mm-hmm. I realized, you know, it only really takes one or two things that send you off course to be like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm just not going to, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm getting old. I just got injured playing basketball. Was that injury worth it? Like, should I really be doing this type of stuff? Mm-hmm. And you know what? The answer is no. Uh, or excuse me, the answer is yes. The answer is absolutely yes. <laughs> you should be doing this stuff. You just figure out better ways to do it. Like, I'm never going to be in the NBA. I probably uh, probably didn't need to be playing super competitive mm-hmm. uh, basketball pickup leagues, but I can bike. I can do this stuff. We need to take care of ourselves now because that could have been a bad habit to get into. Start right. being super sedentary. Well, yeah, I could have pulled that off at 21, 22 years old, but what happens? At 30 or 35 or 40. So the same thing with our physical side of our health applies with the, I know that we're talking about physical health, but you know what I mean? I guess I'm talking Mm -hmm. about like the physiology versus just the biochemistry, if that makes sense. So there's different parts to to the health, right? You know, there's there's the physical, there's the mental, you know, Um, the mental is a big part of it. Um, And I think that plays a big thing too, because also, one of the things that I learned uh, about myself and going through the FTN was that my childhood really affected me because I didn't have the best childhood growing up. And I think that also kind of was a trigger in my health when I got older, you know, and it's something that I think a lot of people either don't talk about or they just bury away you know some people may feel embarrassed or but it doesn't go away until you deal with it so um that's a you know same thing like the the physical you know you gotta address the physical you gotta address the mental you gotta address the internal part that's what yeah i love that you brought that up and i appreciate your vulnerability with like sharing that you know because It's not that it's a requirement, but very often the people with the worst health histories, yeah, it's, I'm not saying I don't hear both sides, but more often than not, the childhood was not great or there was very major events going on. And just for those listening, that actually makes perfect sense when you think about it. And the way that we connect it is what we're looking at at FDN is we're looking at hidden stressors. Now, hidden is an acronym, which is hormonal, immune, digestion, detoxification, energy systems, nervous system. Um, But that's the hidden stuff. Sometimes there's some major life stressors that are not so hidden, you know, and yeah. Is it the exact same response in the body? No, not always. But for the sake of chronic disease, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is absolutely the same stress response and um, it, mechanisms that kind of break our body down over time. So mm-hmm. especially with like autoimmune uh, clients and people, I hear that all the time. Traumas. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, what happened to you? You know, you see it often with autoimmunity for sure. Yeah, and so, cancer. And yeah, cancer. So I think that, all you know, all those things uh need to be looked at, you know, when you're looking at your health and you're trying to improve your health. Um, you know, it's not just the exterior or, or you know, uh, the diagnose or, you know, you really have to also examine every part. And I think that part of it gets overlooked uh, a lot, the mental. Right. Now, Sally, I want to transition a little bit because I know for you, this is I mean, a very recent and total career transition. Um, the really the only similarity is that you were in the health space before, but 
it is so impressive to me. And I think it just proves the passion that FDNs have because not only do these people go through the course and learn about this stuff, most of the men go into business for the first time by themselves. Like that's a whole separate journey and super hard thing to learn in and of itself. I mean, this is a a really multifaceted uh, adventure that people go through to become FDN practitioners. So um, I'm curious, like, do you have even any client success stories yet that are worth sharing or is that still being built up? Because if um, not, no worries. I have other questions for well, sure. Well, that, that actually, um, I'm still in the, the beginning stages. So sure. I uh, I don't, I have clients that I have, uh, that I chose to work with pro bono because and so a few of them were my coworkers and I, even before in, going into FDN, you know, I saw their health was not too well. So I've helped them and they have been doing much better. Um, so I'm happy about that. Um, but I feel that, you know, there's a lot of people who need this out there. So yes, uh, you know, the transition has been a little bit challenging. Well, I would say different, you know, because uh, when you're working in physical therapy is, you know, face to face, you know, and now, you know, just kind of transitioning into been wanting to work with people not just locally but you know over the internet you know it's a little bit different but you know like anything i guess you you know you learn little by little and um i hope to get there and be able to help others absolutely and well i'll tell you this my friend you keep sharing your story and doing what you did today which is coming on and being so genuine and so uh speaking from the heart I think you're going to have no problem attracting the right people to work with you. you. And so that leads to my next question. I don't even know if this is something you've thought about yet, because obviously you're working with a variety of people like, you know, friends and coworkers, but do you have a specific type of person that you're most interested in working with? Like a niche, I guess you could say. Well, I have dealt with uh, stomach issues since the beginning. So um, it's not that I can't help in other areas, but I feel my strongest area is dealing with uh, gut digestive issues, um, uh, celiac disease. I mean, I live it and breathe it, you know, and leaky gut, you know, and um, I've done a lot of research in that area, you know, and then just trying to find uh, things for myself. You know, I've learned a lot, you know, in that area. So I'm mostly focused in that area. All right, cool. And if people want to work with you, uh, where is the easiest way that they can find you right now? Okay, they can uh they can actually send an email to info at sallyaponte.com. Um I'm still working on my website. Uh it's coming along. But uh they can always send me an email there and and reach out to me. Cool. I wasn't ignoring you. I'm just taking notes and I wrote that down. I'll put that in the show notes for people to check out. Um, Sally, this has been awesome. I have one more question for you. Sure. And it is the signature question that we always finish with on the FDN Thrive podcast. Uh, don't worry, nothing crazy or, or super <laughs> complex here. Now, it, it's always tough because with FDNs, we we don't think about things as like cookie cutter approaches. We look at the individual and we know that everyone's different. But with that in mind and with that prefaced, let's say Sally did have a magic wand and you could wave it and get every single person on this earth to do one thing for their health or get them to stop doing one thing. What is that one thing that you'd get them to do? Well, I would definitely look at 
the diet because I think uh, it starts there. Like what you put in your body affects you. Um, so if they had to do one thing would be look at ways to clean up your diet. That means removing uh, chemicals, you know, try to eat organic because uh, a lot of the foods now have glyphosate, you know, and that also causes leaky gut. Uh, that's something I learned also in my own uh, health journey. I had uh, high levels of glyphosate. So definitely cleaning up the, um, the diet trying to sleep well, you know, and uh, definitely look into functional lab testing because you might be surprised at what you find, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you know. Well, that'll wrap it up for today, guys. I just want to thank you again so much for helping this podcast get to episode number 50. And I'll tell you this, we are just getting started, but I do need a little help. If you have any ideas for the interviews you'd like to see in the future, maybe you want them to be the same as we're doing now. Maybe you want us to start recruiting some of the top people in the functional space and use Reed Davis's connections to help get people on because he said he is down to help out in any way we need. He's just an awesome, awesome guy in that way. And we can figure this out. So we can go the route that you guys want to go. I'd love some feedback. Clearly, it's going well to some degree right now, but we can always improve and get better. So you can reach out directly at evan.transu at afdnp.com. That's evan.transu at afdnp.com. And you could shoot me an email. We'll get connected. We'll get talking. And maybe you want to be on the podcast yourself. That's a great way to see if you are someone that we would like to have on. And even if you're not right for this podcast, I'm sure I can recommend you to another one. So thank you guys again. And if you would be so kind, if you like this information, please, please, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share these podcasts with other people who need to hear it. There are millions, if not tens of millions of people out there in the world suffering right now that have no idea that this information or these philosophies exist. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com.